0: It's a year since the DHBs were scrapped in favour of Te Whatu Ora Health New Zealand. But the health sector continues to face significant challenges off the back of COVID-19 with funding pressures and staff shortages affecting services and treatment around the country. Marji is the CEO of Te Whatu Ora. Kia ora, good morning. Koe, we know there were no promises of um, a magical overnight improvement necessarily. But in the space of a year, what is the biggest tangible improvement to our healthcare system since the establishment of Te Whatu Ora?
1: Well firstly Jack can I just say thank you to all the health um, care workers that are in um, not just those employed by Te Whatu order, but those who work um, with our partner Um, NGOs and in the funded sector. Mm. It has been a challenging year, and I think an important um, reflection to look back on is that we have maintained continuity of care and access to services through all those challenges. We had COVID in our first five months. Mm. Uh, We had weather events in the beginning of this calendar year, and also in the backdrop of um, some of the largest workforce shortages I have seen um, in the health system in my 25 years.
0: So so what's the biggest tangible improvement?
1: Well, not just keeping services open, but we are seeing some early signs of what bringing together those services can achieve. Uh, Certainly we have uh, invested in workforce, and that's been possible because we've pulled resources across Mm. the, the country. Uh, We're really pleased to have tried some new things. Uh, So this winter, we've introduced some funding for minor ailments or services people Mm. can get from pharmacy. Now, over 10,000 New Zealanders have accessed that service in the first two weeks. So we're quite excited about that. But also just supporting uh, primary care, putting more resources to give them tools to refer people for diagnostics without waiting for hospitals. Uh, We're also seeing some early signs of our hospital teams working together across regions. Mm. Uh, We've seen national team support cancer and cardiac services and just to tackle those wait times across the country and just as a great example a shout out to the Te Waipaunamu team uh, over 300 people that live in Christchurch in Dunedin got a procedure at Timaru Hospital that would not have worked not would, have, would not have happened in the last uh, environment without a lot of haggling over funding.
0: Yeah right, I no, see that's 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 interesting, so in July uh, of last year the four month surgical wait list was 28,000, in April of this year it was almost 35,000, in July last year the wait list for a first specialist appointment was 37,000 in April it was 56,000. Do you accept that by those measures access to healthcare has worsened?
1: I accept that it's um, difficult to stay on top of wait lists when we have such huge workforce shortages. Uh, we, we you know, One of the biggest issues for us is that we need to get people into services. We're really mindful that our, mm. our colleagues are uh, really worried about shifts not being able to be filled, being called back to do um, work when others become sick. And so we need to tackle our workforce our shortages. In,
0: in March last year, you told Business Desk, quote, from July, the minister's got some targets, <clears throat> excuse me, he will want, us to, uh, want to hold us accountable for. And then there are access indicators like wait times. So, so what specifically are the targets you're being held accountable for?
1: Well, we have had uh, the target of getting people booked uh, within four months of being referred for treatment. And that has been a long-standing goal for the health mm-hmm. system. And we'll keep that, working that's that. That's a four-month that. surgical wait yep. list.
0: So it went from 28,000 to 35,000. W- what is the target that you're... You've been set. Well,
1: we want to chip away at uh, giving people certainty that when we book them, um, and particularly uh, focusing on people who have been waiting or long waiters mm. uh, as, as soon as possible, uh, so that they patients have certainty, but also we being confident that when we book people, we've got the staffing and the theatres available sure. uh, to provide uh, that care.
0: But I mean, specifically, what, what targets? If it was 28,000 when Te Whatu Order was established, what is the target you are being held accountable for there? What's the number?
1: Well, as I said, we want to tackle the long waiters and get people booked. So nobody's waiting more than three years by the end of June. We'd like to get that, uh, you know, people have been waiting 24 to 12 months booked over the next six months and by the end of June next year. So really just chipping away at that. But again, workforce and theatre availability is going to be a real issue for
0: us to tackle. Why haven't emergency department wait times been public report, uh, publicly reported in the last six months?
1: Well that's a mistake on our part. Uh, Those uh, indicators are normally published every three months uh, and uh, the, and it takes three months because uh, from the point of when a patient sees a doctor and how we aggregate that, it does take some time to check the quality of that information. Mm. Uh, in July last year, we moved too quickly uh, to report that information mm. on a monthly basis without having all those checks in place. And so we're going back to basics to get that right. And again, we've inherited a system that has lots of different information systems from which we pull that information, uh, it's ranging from those. Uh, hospitals that can automate that data mm. and others who are still working off spreadsheets. So
0: do you expect that the, the, those wait times will have worsened?
1: Uh, I don't know. I have to, haven't seen the data yet, but we will well, get back to quarterly yeah. reporting. But wh- wh- what's
0: your, what is your expectation, though, there? You must have a sense as to whether or not wait times for ED departments have improved or, or become worse.
1: Well, certainly, given our workforce shortages and we are in the middle of winter, uh, they will be a challenge.
0: Transparency is a concern in some quarters. Has Te Water shared the results of its internal staff survey yet?
1: Uh, we've shared that with the teams and locally. So every hospital and team who uh, has data will have that. So that's mm. where it matters. It's uh, teams that need to take that information and act on that.
0: So staff reported that two thirds of staff Don't uh, say they don't have the resources they need to do the jobs. That's not just a staffing issue, that's actually a resourcing issue. Mm -hmm. What's your response to that?
1: Well, it's very much, uh, uh, you know, if staff. Uh, saying that it's it's right. Uh, Workforce shortages is part of the the challenge, but we also heard in the feedback. And certainly when I have gone to talk to teams locally, Mm. uh, you know, the buildings and infrastructure is a real Mm. challenge. We are asking people to do amazing work in facilities that are not fit for purpose anymore. Mm. Um, And we know that um, some of our staff have challenges uh, getting the resources that they need. So there's lots to do to uh, make sure that they are getting the decisions um, that we are uh, putting on uh, a plan, the investment and mm. infrastructure that we need to give them the space and the but the, the ability to do their work.
0: What changes would make the biggest positive difference to your workforce issues? Uh,
1: just filling our vacancies. Yeah. We've, we've got some hope. <laughs> uh, we have uh, in our first two months, we put a lot of resource into workforce. So. Uh, we have over almost two and a half thousand people waiting uh, to come into the country. They've applied for work visas. Uh, We're in How long are they waiting? To, uh, I don't know the wait times for mm. visas, but it's certainly given us some hope that there's interest to come and work in New Zealand. Mm. Uh, we've uh, funded, uh, you know, over 600 people who, are nurses particularly, who want to return to nursing, mm. or those who've been trained and qualified overseas, but have not yet qualified in New Zealand, so we want to we'll subsidise uh, that group. We've put lots of work into pipelines. That's ahead mm. of a workforce plan that can tell us more specifically how big the gap is. And uh, our job over the next year is to convert them into people who turn up on a roster.
0: When we speak to frontline health workers, one of the biggest opportunities they see, and I'm sure you hear this every day, is the establishment of a nationwide IT system in which all patient data is accessible and I know to some viewers it will still seem extraordinary that in 2023 New Zealand does not have a system that allows for that. Where is the development of that system at?
1: Well, that's the work of the coming year. Uh, We have spent this past year actually in a process of due diligence or discovery of what we have actually got um, Mm. in the system. And we have over 1,500 projects that we just need to simplify. And we see huge opportunity in bringing together investments to fast track. Um, That's certainly something clinicians have been asking for for a long time. Some regions have got a a clinical portal working well, Mm. better than others. And so we want to get a more national consistent. Well,
0: the idea is that you want someone in Auckland, theoretically, to be able to access a patient's data if that patient spent their whole life in Te Waipaunamu, right? So so at what point do you think, from what you understand now, at what point will we have a nationwide IT system?
1: I can't tell you that because we need to do the work (laughs) um, on what it would take to go from what we have today, uh, over 6,000 applications in Mm. our system, to bring it, to unify that to
0: one. Is it, I mean, just to give us a sense of the time, though, is is it the sort of thing that can be fixed do you think in 12 or 24 months or are we looking at you know, at well, years?
1: Our understanding and learning from other health systems, if mm. I take uh, one that we've studied closely, Alberta, it took them three to four years to get to a, 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 a provincial wide uh, electronic medical health record that is an mm. important part of being able to then um, do all the things that we want to do, mm. wherever patients go their clinician can get their information we have um, again some early signs, we've got, uh, we've made progress in joining up fast. Uh, pharmacy scripts where people mm. can get a script in one place and be able to get it renewed when they're somewhere else in the country without having to go back to their pharmacy and even picking it up from a pharmacy.
0: There was a lot of attention given to the algorithm used to prioritise patients for surgery because it included a patient's ethnicity as one of several metrics in that algorithm. To create a more equitable system, will it be necessary to consider ethnicity in other parts of healthcare delivery?
1: Well. Uh, Equity um, has a number of dimensions, so yes ethnicity is one and ethnicity is a a data uh, that we've been collecting for many many years, Um, but just as important is uh, where people live, um, where uh, when we um, look at the differences in access to healthcare, people who live with mental health conditions, people who have disabilities. Also, experience poor access to care. So, all of those dimensions are important. Yeah, right. Thinking about
0: so, so, but to the question though, will, will it be necessary to create more equitable health outcomes to consider a patient's ethnicity and those other factors when it comes to other aspects of healthcare delivery?
1: Yes, where um, it is accompanied, so it's only one data point, where it is accompanied by research and uh, most of the work that we do in looking at ethnicity as a factor among mm. others is also accompanied by research which tells us actually there is some real validity in the gaps that mm. we are seeing in and care
0: so just just for example could, would it be feasible to create a more equitable health care system for maori to have access to free dental
1: Yes, uh, that is a possibility. Uh, but again, uh, there will be other groups mm. that we need to consider alongside that. Children, quite importantly. Yeah, I mean, they have um, it. And at we the have an existing yeah. system where we know that uh, adult- children and adolescents under 18 are not getting mm. equitable access to care. Māori in particular, but also r- children and young people living in rural mm. areas and Pacific.
0: All right, Margie. You've got a big job. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Te Margie welcome. Appa, the CEO of Te Fatu Water Health New Zealand.